we start It's time for a tea spill the top Please tell her It's time for tea spill the top Hey babies, this is Dee, and you're listening to Dee Spill a Talk. This podcast is a platform to uplift, encourage, and enlighten women and men. To show them that no matter how many stones people may throw at you, with God, all things are possible. I'm using this platform to tell my story. People always say, never judge a book by its cover. Well, you see my cover. Now it's time for you to read my book. Thanks for listening. God bless. Today's title is The Night I Met the Wolf. This relationship, a marriage you called it. This relationship has had me trapped, held against my will for ransom. For it's not money that you seek, for it's not fame and fortune that you seek. For what you are seeking is to destroy my four walls of power. You have tricked me into this God-binding union so that you can try to steal my four walls of power, leading me to no defenses against my enemy. You have designed an elaborate plan and disguise to execute your mission. I've been watching you. I've been watching you referring to your handbook that my enemy has given you with step-by-step instructions to carry out your marvelous and devious plan. I've been watching you. It's not even Halloween, but yet I've been watching you changing your appearance before you leave the house every day. The disguise you and my enemy have came up with is a very clever one and no one will ever suspect a thing. Here I am leaving notes and clues for people to see but no one ever paid attention. You used to tell me face to face that no one will ever find out that this is a disguise. For many years, I've been trapped in this relationship, a marriage you called it. I only have a little bit left of each one of my four walls of power. I've been trying to invent something, anything that will allow my outsiders to see your true self, but nothing seems to be working. I wish I can just pull the disguise right off your face, right in front of everyone. I have to come up with something, anything. You are depleting my power slowly, but in an efficient way. I'm only left to watch as my body slowly disappears away. And you have the right to gloat around like you are king. But wait, you have no clue who I am. I am the daughter of the most famous king in this universe. Do you remember that day you allowed me to only have one visitor? See, my king has a power too. He also can change his appearance. And your dumbass didn't even know. Well, that day, my visitor gave me things. He reset each one of my four walls of power, just enough to teach you. He advised me that when I get my strength back, that will be the time. The second item was a picture of a pair of sunglasses. You see, at first, but my visitor never does anything without explaining. I was just in a place in my life where I couldn't understand him. He explained that these sunglasses that he sent to different people around the world that he had designed to see people like you, the real you. 
And when I build up my army and all our physical strength back, you'll be left behind like the wind blowing on a cool summer night. For all my four walls of power will be restored. Foundation, spirituality, family, and self-worth. And with these powers come back to full use, you will no more. So babies, beware of someone who outwardly looks harmless, kind, and with good intentions. Because if you don't have those sunglasses, you won't be able to see that inwardly, these people are full of hate, evil, and deceit. An enemy disguised as your friend, for they are wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. And this is my story. Welcome back to these pillow talk. And if you're just joining me, thank you guys for listening. Well, let's jump right back into where we left off. So at the age of 17, I landed myself in a group home and it was supposed to be until I turned 18, which was maybe about five, five and a half months away. So the reason why I titled this podcast, The Night the Wolf, This is the night that I met my ex-husband, and you guys are going to be able to follow my whole entire marriage. So I went to the group, and, you know, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I started to get into fights with, you know, all the other girls, and I actually got into a fist fight with a little white boy over, you know, just average teenage stuff. They allowed me to get a job, so... I ended up getting a job. There's this one particular day that I was upstairs and I was doing my hair and I decided to go outside on the porch. So as I'm going outside on the porch, I see a group of girls that was just standing around um, just to me they was about to fight. So I went down there. And so as I'm going closer, I noticed that they was talking to this dude. So I was like, oh, okay. So I started listening to what they was talking about. So he was trying to figure out how to get from the place that he was at to downtown. So they was explaining it to him. So as he was talking, I noticed that he didn't sound like he was from Kentucky. So I was like, I was like, you're not from here, are you? He was like, no, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I came down here to um, sell some magazines with the company. I was like, okay. So, you know, that was the start of our conversation. And basically he started to ignore the other girls. He was like, so what is all of these girls doing out here? One of the little girls was like, you know, this is a whorehouse. And I'm like, this ain't a damn whorehouse. This is a house for badass kids, and we are the badass kids. So he started to laugh, which that really started our conversation. You know, it just seemed like we stayed outside for like hours. It was like from six o'clock in the evening till maybe about 12 o'clock in the morning. And we was just talking about everything. As we're talking, the director starts coming outside, um, telling me to come in. So, you know, I'm ignoring him because it's very interesting. So he decided that, you know, it was time for us, you know, to say goodnight. He turns around and he asks me, 
can I have this? And, you know, it threw me for a loop because, you know, nobody ever asked me for anything before. So I was like, yeah. You have connections. You can't explain. I couldn't explain this connection, experience this kind of connection with another person. So I was intrigued and it pushed me more and more to this man. So I started running away from the group home just to spend more time. So I was like really already tired of this group home. And the only reason I got a job was just so I could spend less time in this house so it just gave me more of an outlet basically I was presented myself with a dilemma so I had to make a choice either I can stay in this home until I'm 18 which was five months away or I can go to jail time on my shelf, which was about 45 days. And then I don't have to worry about the court system at all again. So after I met him, we started to meet downtown. I was supposed to be going to work, going to work. But instead of me going to work, so I just sit around with him all day while he was at work. And so I just wanted to spend every waking moment with him and because it just it just seemed like time stood still. I didn't think about a lot of things. I didn't have to. And he was just pleasant to be around. And the conversation just never ended. That's what we met up downtown and it's me one going this one particular day, you know. And so the there was this other dude with him. So I'm thinking like, okay. So he was like, I want to take you somewhere. So I was like, okay. We ended up getting a hotel room. And the other dude basically getting the hotel room. You know, my ex-husband paid for it. But he didn't have Kentucky ID. So he couldn't do it. So anyway, we just spent you know practically the entire day together just talking and you know i connected with him i've never and probably will never connect with another person it was like going to the whole i was i was looking forward to it intrigued by this man and the kiss i was like wow ever in my life still they have never felt that connection again and that's okay but that day you know we got to the room we didn't have I didn't have any money at all and he had just enough money so he got me a little something to eat and you know took a shower and he took a shower and laid in the bed and you know I just I just started to cry and he put his hands on my face and rubbed my tears away and he asked me what was I crying for and he was like you don't want to be here oh that's not it I opened up to this man and this man was the first that I've ever told that I've been molested by my dad and that that's the reason why me and my mom are having so many problems and that's basically you know I was acting out and that's basically the reason why I ended up in a group home so you know tears started rolling down his face and at that point 
he had been molested as a kid and that his mom gave him up when he was just six months old. And, you know, that was the first time that he had talked about his past with another person. So right there was like a connection that we shared together. And then it just happened. There are millions of people out there. But in the end, it all comes down to one. They say when you meet the love of your life, time stops. Love is passion, love is passion, obsession, obsession, someone you can't live without. I say, fall head over heels, find someone you can love like crazy and love you the same way back. How do you find him? Well, forget your head and you listen to your heart. Make the journey and not fall deeply in love. Well, you haven't lived a life at all. But you have to try. If you haven't tried, you haven't lived. Say something, I'm giving up on you. Open your heart to love. It is so worth the risk. I'll be the one if you want me to. I'm with you. Anywhere I would have followed you. I got to the end of the world for that. What time? Say something so on you. You know, he turns, you know, this note and he says, You're about to go to sleep. I was like, Okay. So I took the letter, went upstairs, you know, got ready for bed. So as I'm laying down I'm remembering he's giving me a letter so I takes it out my pants pocket and I starts to read it and he's telling me about this dream he didn't have he was a teenager and the dream he didn't really specific the dream was about he said there was a woman and the woman had no face and he couldn't understand why this woman didn't have a face so this woman wasn't a bad woman this woman was like a woman helping him out in his dreams and guiding him through his guests but he said the night that he went home and he had that same dream this time the woman had a face and the face was so me. this particular day, he came to the house and he asked me to step outside on the porch. So he gets down on one knee and he asks me to marry him. And I said, yes. Now, after the hotel, we spent like every other. So like a couple weeks passed, about a week or two passed and found out I was pregnant. I was like, oh, wow. And he cried to call him and be like, look, I'm about like 45 days, maybe. So I didn't have that chance. So I'm sitting in there like, oh, my God, what is he going to think? Like, he's going to think I've been ignoring him. I mean, like, it's like nerve wracking. I just wanted to let him know that I was safe and that, you know, I was just in jail and I'll be out in a little bit. So, of course. So I see my, my mom was 
is there a course because I was a minor and then who's in the courtroom it's him I'm like oh my god he's here I was like oh my how the hell did he know that I was in jail so I'm like okay so he whispered to me he was like I know what time you get out so I'll be there I was like okay cool so you know when I, I had to serve maybe about 35 maybe 40 days so um was in jail this guard they was so used to me seeing me I like particular cell that so you know she came up and you know she took me out she basically like look I see you from here she said you were about to turn 18 right I was like yes ma'am and she was like I'm gonna tell you what out of everybody back and forth in here she said you have something on your life that i've never seen before and she said you're wasting your life doing stupid shit she said whole different ball game out here once you turn 18 you're dealing with adult issues after you 18 she said i'm gonna let you know this right now if you don't get together you're going to be dead or prostitution heavily you need to get your stuff said it is but there's this man that keeps call asking if you allow to have a phone call and you know we're not allowed to so you can't and immediately i knew who to me so i'm like oh my god and you know she said you know he said he'll be here when you get out and she said I'm gonna tell you what if I see you one more time she said I'm gonna personally go to the judge and recommend that whatever your charge is you get charged as an adult to the full and I walked away from it and I went back in my cell and I was pregnant and right then and right there I made a decision that was it. I'm pregnant and I want to raise my kids, not me going back and forth to jail. My kid is going to be there. I am going to be in my kid's life full time. And right then, this is where my life has another point so i'm going to leave it right here and thank you guys for listening continue to stick with me and follow my story You know, babies, I know you guys are wondering why I titled this The Night That Met The Wolf. You know, looking back how things ended, I felt like the devil was there right from the beginning. And as you guys listen to the many different stories it's not going to shed me in a new uh, light and it's not going to shed my ex-husband in a good light but like I said you are going to take a deep look into my life and you don't have to agree with it you don't have to agree with the decisions I've made. 
and you don't have to agree with the decisions he made and it's not for you to pass judgment on it's just for you to listen and for you to put yourself in another person's shoes because we often sit back and wonder why this person has such a bad attitude and they don't understand what another person is actually going through. That person that you sit next to every day at work or that person you sit at church or wherever, you never know what another individual is going through. And the breaking point some people have and the different choices that people make on an everyday basis. You know, I felt like I was lied to. I felt like I was deceived. I felt like the person that I met is not the person that outsiders seen. And people were looking at me. My whole marriage was like, this dude is good to you. What are you doing? And I'm like, are y'all serious? You all don't know how this man is behind the four walls of our house. And you know, it's it was hard for me to try to show people that this man was so different in our house. But as soon as he left the house, he became this person. I mean, he had the gift of gab. I mean, he got any job he wanted. He didn't got jobs where he's driving company cars out the company car like a run down car he I'm talking about the company car he's got the company credit cards like disposal for his use so that was hard for me to portray that other person that was behind closed doors so I'm fighting between my marriage and the concept of my marriage and the concept that he's trying to portray and we are trying to portray as a married couple to outsiders that was like told different and it got stressful because nobody wants to pretend like they're happy when they're not and if I could go back and personally show you guys our family photos year to year because we did a family photo every single year. You'll be able to tell from a real smell and towards the end, you could tell in my pictures, I was fake. I don't want to fake a marriage more. I uh, was tired of faking a marriage. You it guys was are that why to take a deep look into my marriage. You guys are going to hear things that you don't want to hear. And you guys are going to look at me in a different light. And the reason why I'm doing this is because there are some things that just need to be said regardless who might agree or disagree and this marriage you are going to find out what has me 
By the time this marriage ends, what, what ends my marriage and leads me on the bathroom floor with a blade ready to end everything? So you guys, please, please continue to follow me and pray for me and my family. And may this story and this story of this marriage help someone in need. Thank you guys for listening. God bless. Hey babies, we made it. Welcome to D's Corner, a spot to showcase any God-given talent. Whether it's from dance, home, drawings, cooking, interpretation, dance, spoken word, please visit my Facebook page, D's Billow Talk, for more information. isn't over. Never let your struggle make you think that. I know your setbacks were major, but so can be your comeback. You see, strength, pain builds that. I know it might be hard for you to feel that, but even in your darkest storms, there's a plan for you to still shine bright. Please believe that. I know because God did it for me. God will allow you to go through places you don't understand just to bring you to the place where he needs you to be. So don't let this season take your life. You can win this fight. If it wasn't for my darkest moments, I would have never found the strength to shine my light. There's a purpose greater than your pain. There's no growth without rain. Sometimes it takes our hardest storms to birth our greatest change. Your life is not finished. You keep living. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. You're just a choice away from a new beginning. There's more to be written. Your perspective can either be your power or your prison. So no matter what, appreciate your life and build your testimony with the test you were given. Listen, I get it. I know depression is real, but so is deliverance. You can heal from those afflictions, overcome those addictions. It's time to put a semicolon when you're trying to put a period because your sentence hasn't ended. You got more life to live, so don't give up and forget anything or anybody that's ever tried to make you feel like you're not enough. You're enough, you're more than enough. So don't try to end your story just because this chapter sucks. Breakdowns happen right before breakthroughs. So I pray you break that cycle that's trying to break you. I pray you kill those thoughts that are trying to kill you. No mistake is too great as long as you forgive you. Make your tomorrow new.
You always have a choice. Never stay silent about your battles. Give your pain a voice. It's okay to not be okay. We're all one struggle away. Your change is gonna come. You just keep believing day by day. This storm will eventually run out of rain. And remember, we are all a little broken. But the last time I checked, broken crayons still color the same. You go defeat your pain. Your life is not over. It's just beginning. It's rehab time. Let's get it. If you know somebody that's going through a struggle, tag them to this video and tell them to keep fighting. Your life isn't over. Hey babies, this is Dee. You've been listening to Dee's Pillow Talk. I just wanted to take the time to say thank you to God for the opportunity to use this platform to encourage and uplift women and men to help and to teach, to learn from and to heal with the ones who are in need. I wanted to take the time to thank my five beautiful souls that I brought in this world because without them, I am no more, for this is my life, my destiny, my gift, and my talent. I want to thank my family and my boyfriend. They have shown me that there is still light at the end of the tunnel. It is up to me if I choose to stand still or to walk through it. Thank you to all my listeners and the people that continue to pray and believe in me. A special thanks goes out to my twin sister. I love you, Sissy, from the room to the grave. All comments, questions, or suggestions should be left at lynnguy856 at gmail.com or Dee's Pillow Talk on Facebook. Thank you, guys. Tune in to my next episode.